Buongiorno tutti. Hello and welcome to Kimberly's Italy, a podcast on our love of all things Italian. My name is Kimberly Holcomb and I am here with Tommaso. Buongiorno, Belladonna. Buongiorno. Well, in case this is your first time listening to us, welcome. Thank you very much. Or if you're old fans, <laughs> because this is our 46th episode. Heading into our second season. That's right. Technically the first episode of the second season, correct? Yes, correct. So if you're old timers, thanks for tuning back in. Old fans from the first album. <laughs> Good one. We always wanted to be rock stars, basically. <laughs> anyway, this new episode, number 46, yes. is on the Amalfi Coast, a place so alluring, so incredibly beautiful because of the stunning landscape, the turquoise water, the cuisine. However, before we dive into the lemony deliciousness of the Amalfi Coast, Lemone. Limone, limoncello, all, all things lemon. Mm-hmm. I want to bring up something that I've been thinking about nonstop for this past week. Uh-oh. Oh, it's, it's good <laughs> Gonna news. get a new co-host. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. Blow me off live on the air. <laughs> that was good. I've been so busy the last few weeks planning upcoming trips for people. And the more I fine tune the details for everyone, the more I realize I need to share this with all of our listeners who are thinking of going to Italy, you know, soon in the future or any, any forthcoming visit. And it's because Italy historically has been one of the most popular countries to visit for obvious reasons, right? Certo. Certo. But now that people can travel again, Well, it's busy. Yes, it is busy. I mean, there's been pent up energy. People sitting, flipping through magazines. And and watching. And watching Stanley Tucci. And 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 he's back. And every single YouTube video on Italy or something else to travel. And now they're like, okay. We can go. We can go. And actually, as of yesterday, May 1st, rules changed. Yes. Still, I suggest bring your vaccination card. But I don't think you even need to have the... Fill out the EU passenger locator form, which was time consuming and kind of annoying. Annoying, but it wasn't that. But you felt better about it. Yes, agreed. But anyway, things have changed. More and more people are going. Yes. So I actually have several clients there right now and they are sending me WhatsApp pictures and texts and they're so happy. And they say it's busy, but not that bad. I have some in Milan, some in Lucca, some in Rome. And everyone said that all the tourists, the visitors are happy and the Italians are like overwhelmed and overjoyed with the business. Sure. So it's all good. But for those people that are there right now, these clients of mine, I have to say I made their accommodation reservations months ago, six months ago, four months ago. And for the few clients that I have, like, for example, Kelly and Anne that are going to Amalfi, which this episode is about, in what, 14 days, 15 days from now, they got in touch somewhat recently, and I couldn't give them as many options as I normally would have because 
they waited a bit too long. That's why they got in touch with me. They heard my podcast and said, we need some professional help. But I was kind of sad that I couldn't offer them the choices that I think would have fit them best. Right. But they're still happy. They're going. It's going to be amazing. In summary, my biggest suggestion is just don't wait. Is don't wait. And if you're thinking of going to Italy, start planning sooner than you should. Right. Or call me if you want me to plan it and get in touch like now, even for next year. I do have two clients that have done that already. Well, you know, spring of 2023. Again, there's pent up demand. People have been sitting around at home and frustrated because they'd like to travel. Mm -hmm. And the fact is the best properties get booked up early. Exactly. So there you have it. Okay. Sounds crazy to do it so soon, but I think it will be this way for the foreseeable future. Right. And also, and also the best, let me just go back for one second. The best properties there aren't 44 stories. Exactly. 20, 24 rooms to a floor plate. Right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, there's there's limited supply as it is of good, wonderful properties. And unique and family-run. Yes. And the types that I prefer, but of course I have a huge list of, you know, five-star, incredible palazzos, that kind of thing. Right, but even the biggest, even the biggest hotels exactly. aren't that big compared to what we have here. Correct. So, just get in touch or just start planning sooner yep. so that you can have... La Bella Vacanza. And if you'd like to take two people along, we're available. (laughs) We're always available. Allora, back to La Costa Amalfitana, the Amalfi Coast, which is in the region of Campania. We have told you before, there's 20 regions in Italy, and Campania is the one that holds this jewel. It's on the southwestern edge of Italy, just south of Naples, And the coastline drive that makes up the entire Amalfi Coast is about 50 kilometers, 30, 33, 34 miles. And it basically starts with the most and west village of Positano that I'm sure you've all heard of. And then it goes consecutively south. I'll tell you in order just so you get the lay of the land. From Positano, there is Praiano, Conca di Marini, Amalfi, Minori, Maiori, Cetara, and Vietri sul Mare. All of those villages comprise technically the Amalfi Coast. And Salerno, which is the largest city at the very bottom, is one of my favorites. And I actually took a guest there in 2019 because he's an architect and a lover of all things contemporary. Stevo. Stevo. Our good friend. It is Tommaso's old, old friend an incredibly nice guy and an architect who prefers all things new compared to all things old. (laughs) So actually during that trip, there were eight of us, six of them went to Pompeii for a private tour with my go-to girl, a local, amazing woman. And I took Stefano, as I called him, to Salerno to see Zaha Hadid's last major build prior to her passing away, and it is the ferry station in Salerno. He had the best day. Anyway, I do love Salerno, and it's at the very bottom of the Amalfi Coast. So this road I just described with all these villages, if you were to drive this 33, 34-mile stretch during the day, it would take you hours because it's curvy with these death-defying 
curves in the road, tons of traffic. Everyone wants to drive on the Amalfi Coast. But if you did it at like 3 a.m. with zero traffic, it would take under an hour. It's only 33 miles. However, you wouldn't see anything. You would miss the beauty of it because it was dark. But you'd also miss one of the most exciting drives of your life. If you have that temperament, if you if you have that kind of um, death wish, no, not a death <laughs> wish. But you know, if you have a if you have a manual, it's just wonderful. A manual car, a manual car, clutch, stick shift, car. stick shift. And if you're feeling like really, you f- you feel like you know James Bond or yes, something. Yes, exactly. That's all very true. However, for the people that do it for their first time, they rent a car and they do the drive because. Someone like you has just said that you're going to feel really good about yourself if you do it. The driver. Someone's going to be coming down the driveway here soon going, you told me it would be fun. (laughs) No, the driver of the car on the Amalfi Coast, manual, stick shift, automatic, Tesla, self-drive, I don't care. You, that driver does not take their eyes off the road. No, So they don't see the beauty of it. If you're a local, you can like, yeah, you know, read the paper, smoke a cigarette, make a phone call. <laughs> have a limoncello. <laughs> have a limoncello while driving. But for the first timer, that drive, you are so nervous because the mountains come down on your left. But obviously you're on the right side of the road, as we do here. Going down. So there's cars coming the other way. And on the opposite side of those cars are these sheer cliffs. And then to your right, teeny quote unquote guardrail that does nothing, and it's a sheer drop to the Terranian Sea below. Mm. So a first-time driver sees nothing. It's it's he sees his life pass before him a few times. Or that. <laughs> so for those that aren't up for that, and driving on the Amalfi Coast is not for everyone, but for those that want to experience this drive, I highly, highly suggest taking the local bus or a private driver at least once both on the coast road and then the road that goes up and over the mountain. For example, if you took a private car or driver or a bus from the airport to, uh, let's say, Amalfi, that driver would choose to go up and over the mountains to avoid the busy traffic on the coast. Therefore, you get to see this mountain drive up and mountain drive down. And coming down, these switchbacks... And all you can see, you like you're facing forward, like in a roller coaster. You're like the blood's rushing to your head, and all you see is the Terranian Sea below you and these crazy curves. And it's fun. I mean, you don't have to do it yourself, but just go in a bus or a private driver at least once in your life, right? Certo, certo. And I mention this because if you've listened to some of our previous episodes where we have described the art of Italian driving, which is an art unlike any other country. Well, it's it's there's an art to European driving and there's an art to Italian driving. Yes. <laughs> very, very well said. <laughs> and the point of it is they have their rules and you pay attention to these rules while you're driving, but yet their rules basically depend on where you're driving. Let me just explain. On a highway, Tommaso, you know this very well. Mm-hmm. On a highway, anywhere in Italy, on an autostrada, anywhere in Italy, if you pass a car in front of you, 
you get in the left lane, you pass and you get back. Right. Instantly. Like you almost clip the dude's bumper uh, as, head, you, as, no, you're fade, as you're fading back in. Exactly. Because if you don't. If there's someone coming right up your tukus with the lights flashing. Flash, flash, flash. flash, flash. Even during the day, they just put their high beams on. Yep. And if you don't get that, then they start honking. And then you look in your review mirror and you see their hands screaming at you doing the, you know. Going back to what I said about driving in Europe, one of my most memorable experiences is driving from Holland, from Amsterdam to Bremerhaven, Germany on the Autobahn. Oh. And I was going about 145 miles per hour in the left lane. And a Mercedes 500 came up behind me so fast, flashing his lights and passed me like I was barely tootling along. <laughs> that, that was the same, that was the same time that um, I got a speeding ticket from, because that same trip, you the mean. same trip, because they take pictures of you. Oh yeah. As we've done. Here. I know. And then some, one of our friends had to go and pay it because the bill arrived in Dutch here in Jamestown. <laughs> Pear, my Danish brother, went to pay it while he was in Amsterdam. That was kind of annoying. It was annoying because I couldn't even read it. It was in Dutch. Thank God he saved you there because yeah. you, just like here, if you don't pay speeding tickets you, or fines, you can't renew your license. In Europe, you can't rent a car. You can't rent a car. In it, some countries, you can't get back in. What? That's, what? that's what Holland said, apparently, in that letter. They just scared you. Well. <laughs> you haven't been back in since, probably. I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, so the driving situation, the rules of the road in Italy, just you just follow them. If you're not up for driving on the Amalfi Coast, fine. But yeah, you, there's just crazy rules everywhere. And you, like I said, it depends where you are. You're not going to be going 62 miles an hour in the left lane. No, the highway's one thing. And now let's, let me just give you an example. When I lived in Milan many years ago, there was technically a speed limit, but you never saw a sign <laughs> was a suggestion. with the number. It was a suggestion. Like I drove all the time, everywhere, for years. I never saw like a street sign with a number of like, you know, 120 kilometers an hour is the limit. They didn't exist, but technically, you know, you couldn't just drive as fast as you wanted. Now they actually have a limit with signs. So let's say it's like 100 kilometers an hour in on autostrada guess what that means now with the art of driving in italy you drive at 100 kilometers you don't drive at 98 or you don't drive at 102 you drive the limit and you still pass when you're supposed to and then finally like the last rule of italian driving is as i mentioned depending on where you are let's say you're in for example the city of napoli there's no paying attention to any rules. It's merely a suggestion, a stoplight. Right? Like our friend Clive from from Ireland, he yes. calls it... Stoptional. Stoptional. We have one flashing red light here in the beautiful island of Jamestown. Right, and no stoplight at all, just one flashing one, red light. He, he called it stoptional. Yes. <laughs> yes, he did. Anyway, so the, the beauty of driving in Italy is you pay attention to the rules, but you have to know them. That's what I'm here for. I should have, we should just have an entire podcast episode on the rules of the road. Maybe we will one day. Maybe. Depending on every region. That could be like 10 episodes. Oh, that's not, it's not that exciting. <laughs> for those who like to drive, it is. Anyway, so in summary, maybe driving on the Amalfi Coast isn't for everyone, but just take the bus or a private driver. 
All right, so let me describe the beauty of this place. It's similar to what we described about Lake Como, steep cliffs, deep ravines that go straight down to the water. But the difference is the Amalfi Coast Mountains are like a near vertical drop directly in the Tyrrhenian Sea. You know how, Tommaso, the the mountains in Lake Como are like... Gentle. Gentile. Right. Yeah, they're just sloping down, snow-capped tops, just absolutely stunning into a glacial lake. Right. Amazingly beautiful. Same beauty here, but just like severe. Right. Vertical. Vertical drops. 70 degrees versus 35 degrees. Good example. And they drop not into a glacial lake, but the sea, the Tyrrhenian Sea. And somehow in between those two elements, they put in this road. But we'll get into that later. So the mountains in the Amalfi Coast are more lush year-round because of the southern latitude compared to the mountains in Lake Como or the Alps or wherever. And instead of the snow-capped tops, these mountains in Amalfi have Orchards and orchards just totally filled with lemon trees. (laughs) The scent of lemon is everywhere. But I'll get into that later. Sadly, Tommaso has not been to the Amalfi Coast yet. So he can't even, as I'm talking about the scent of lemons, he can't can't even imagine it, but it's there. So anyway, the Tyranian Sea itself is also a beauty. It's basically, let me just describe this. You have the coastline of Italy, and going west, encasing the Tyrrhenian Sea on the upper northwest corner is the island, the French island of Corsica. Below that, Sardinia. Then there's a little break in between the tip of Sicily, because Sicily curves around like the boot of Italy curves up, and then there's Sicily. So there's one little break there, because you know Tommaso from sailing, between the bottom of Corsica and the top of Sardinia. That's a small little... That's the Straits of Bonifacio. Right. Very teeny, hard to sail through even in a it, it was, good race. It, no, it's great. It's oh, just, it's awesome. Just hang it, on. Right. Anyway, the other aspect of the Tyrrhenian Sea on the Italian coastline is that it actually takes up five regions. We've discussed the 20 regions, as I said earlier, and the five regions from north to south are Tuscany, Lazio, where Rome is, Campania, Basilicata, and Calabria. Wow. And the name itself, Tyrrhenian Sea, is a Greek word, and it refers to the Etruscans who actually settled the Amalfi Coast. And this is my favorite. In Greek mythology, I studied a lot of Greek mythology. For those of you Greek mythology well, fans no, out there. Exactly. But I studied it because of art history. Right. Like there's so much mythological influence in all art. So in Greek mythology, they believed that these mountains above the Tyrrhenian Sea kept or like held secretly the four major winds that these gods would unleash on people when they were pissed at something, <laughs> mad about something. And and Tommaso, you know these winds. Yep. And they are to this day. And that's the other, I think, interesting thing about mythology. Thousands and thousands of years ago, it's still, still the happening. names are still here. And so these four winds that the Greek gods would unleash on people, 
are the Mistral. Which you experienced when we were in, actually, in Sardinia on the lay day, on like a Wednesday, or we had to cancel racing one day because it blew. Right. It blew like 55. Right. The whole day. Right. We were in Puerto Cervo. Exactly. Okay, so the Mistral, the Libecho, the Sirocco, that most people have heard of as well. Yeah, and that's where the dust, the fine dust comes off the, the desert, the sand. Well, African it desert. ends up being a dust. Okay. Uh, really, really fine. And I was doing a regatta in Palma once when that happened. Mm. And everything gets covered in this. Ooh. It's a pain in the tush to get it, the boat clean. But kind of cool. Well, not for a sailor, but... Not really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, the fourth one which I had never heard of. Have you heard of Ostro? No. O-S-T-R-O? No. Anyway, there you have it. The four, Mistral, Libecho, Sirocco, and Ostro. And they're all hidden on the top of the Terranian mountains, uh, on the top of the mountains of the Terranian Sea. But I'm going to, I bring this up because I'm going to get back to it at the end of my episode here with a story on Capri. Okay. Anyway, the water itself in this sea is blue, 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 but I mean, it's beautiful, but I was thinking about it when I was writing my little notes here about this episode. It's hard to describe the blue color because uh, luckily through all my travels over the years, I've seen a lot of incredible waters. And to me, Indonesia was probably the most mind-blowing. Australia was amazing. The Caribbean, Sardinia. Mm -hmm. But this blue down on the Terranian Sea It is, is ultramarine blue. It's like the blue of Hawaii because it is so doggone deep. Completely correct, I bet, because those mountains that yes. we described that go straight down, they continue on to the waterline, obviously. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and actually, I didn't even mention the Maldives. I went there a couple of years ago on a job, a photography shoot, and the deepest water was probably like, 12 feet. Yeah, yeah. So it's all white sand, and therefore the water is almost, you know, see-through. Right. So this Terranian Sea is beautiful and blue, but what did you call it? Cobalt? Ultramarine. Yeah. Ultramarine blue. Cobalt, cobalt's a lighter, a lighter blue for all those watercolor and oil mm. paintings out there. <laughs> all right. We're probably digressing a little bit right. into it's, too much art history and watercolor painting, but... It's our podcast. We can... <laughs> It's yours. <laughs> well, the most important part about it is, the water at least, is to swim in it. And Italians love to swim. As you know, we've described that in episodes on Sardinia and everywhere else. They will like walk out onto the furthest little rock crop just to swim if there's no beach. They're obsessed with it, which I love because I love swimming as well. But here in the Amalfi Coast, they kind of made these, brought in sand and they made these little teeny beaches because it's a destination. And so their beaches are lined perfectly, symmetrically with beach lounge chairs, colored umbrellas, towels that match. Everything is just like organized and perfect. And it comes at a cost. But I actually think it's worth the price, whatever it is these days. It's worth the price of admission. Right. Because A, you get to swim in this water. B, you're looking up at the mountains. And C, they have on these beaches delicious food 
and cocktails. Of course. Right? And I say this because Tomaso and I were just in California two weeks ago, mm-hmm. where we still are carrying this bad cold, in case you're noticing our voice still is kind of A little deeper than normal. Subpar. No, like lots of hacking. Anyway, we were just in California and we spent one entire day prior to my niece's wedding um, walking miles and miles on the Santa Monica Beach. It's so deep. It's so huge. Hardly anyone's there. And you could walk from the very southern point of Venice Beach through the Santa Monica Beach almost all the way up to Malibu. Basically, and you could spend the entire day walking this beach and it's free, you know, but did we see a single spot that sold Aperol spritz? No, no. (laughs) There was like no choices there. No. So it's one or the other. It's a massive, amazing, incredible beach or a little organized beach on the Amalfi Coast with colored umbrellas and lounge chairs and Aperol spritz. Right. You choose. You choose. (laughs) Okay, so the mountain themselves, which I neglected to say, I meant to say earlier, that the highest mountain in the Amalfi Coast is called Monte Sant'Angelo. And that altitude is about 4,700 feet. That's pretty impressive, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And goes straight down to the water. Right. Anyway, the mountains themselves have all these kind of trails to hike. And obviously, the most famous one, for those of you that have heard this, it's called the Santiero de la Day, which is translated to the Path of the Gods. And I find that funny because I did it in 2019 with Stefano and all those other people I was with. All of us did it. And it's so breathtaking. The views are so incredible that you go, you can't even go 25 yards without turning a little corner and going, Dio mio, which means, oh my God, and you're on the Path of the Gods. So. It's just like the most famous for a reason. It's absolutely beautiful. It's at the top crest of the mountain. So let's say if the Monte Sant'Angelo is 4,700 feet, let's say the rest of these are like 4,000 at least. So you're that high on the top. And that's why it's called the Path of the Gods. I'm just going to throw this out there right now. I'm <laughs> listening to this and I've never been to a mall. I know. So if anybody wants to organize Kitten Club 3 exactly. and take us along, we're prepared. <laughs> You're I wa- prepared. The to- Tomcat wants to go. Kim can stay home. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going. Are you kidding? <laughs> I could do that walk all the time. <laughs> oh, Dio mio. <laughs> Tommaso's like flailing his arms at me going, <laughs> stop, because I just... I'm rattling on and... Well, it's not rattling on. You've just, you love the area and it's 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 obvious. I just watched the timer go and it's... um. I know. So we're... Moving over... moving along. All right. So this is, how about this? We'll stop now. Okay. And then carry on with my old story of my first trip to Amalfi Coast, which was so incredible. It'll be episode 47, Amalfi Part 2. Parte due. Parte due. Okay. Sorry about that. Tommaso likes to keep things to 35 minutes and below because that seems to be the normal. That's what that's what they say the metric is for people's listening time. Exactly. So for those of you on a 30-minute commute, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you can check in tomorrow. Or no, sorry, you can check in next week. See? Okay. Finito. Qua. I'm stopping now. Grazie mille. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. 